every time. Every single time. Can we just, before we get going, welcome to That Helps No One Fantasy Cast on the Dean Blundell Network. Before we get going, can we just have a moment of silence about as long as the Denver Broncos took to kick a, a way too long field goal attempt um, for the queen because she passed away. Um, basically, the the length of our intro video is how long they uh, let Russell Wilson just not throw the ball after they paid him 200 and gave me the 256. Is that how much they were paying him? Yeah. And they went to kick with uh, McManus, who's never made a kick from that far anywhere in that vicinity <laughs> ever, ever. And they just paid Russ um, a quarter of a billion dollars to not throw the ball in a pressure situation. I mean, it's only week one. So what do you have to lose? And then the next question is, it's only week one. What do you have to lose? Well, and I mean, sometimes it takes, you know, eight, 18 seconds to decide you want to time call a timeout. It's just, that's just how it goes. When you have three too, that's right. <laughs> when you've got three timeouts and you're like, are you planning on getting the ball back after you miss this? So let's waste another 30 seconds. I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, I'd I get, mean, I there get were, there was a fun graph out earlier about all of Brandon McManus's kicks from 62 yards plus, And it was like, missed, 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 missed. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> What are, you know, what are, he makes this kick out of nowhere with, you know, a screaming, super loud Seahawks crowd, but let, let's give him a shot anyways. Why not? <laughs> I mean, like the loudest stadium on earth. Yeah. Maybe not on earth, but at least Russ in the NFL. Like, I've done this before. Like you've sat on the bench when the game was on the line. Yes. <laughs> yes. I have done that. It's on, uh, on that note though, because I haven't had, I haven't been able to say this since like Phil Dawson was our kicker. <laughs> Go on. I, I think I think I finally know what it's like, Steve, to have a weapon that can blast a sixty-yard field goal like with room to spare and tons of confidence. So that was a first-time experience for me. Cade York hitting that field goal. So yeah, that was that no, was pretty don't. fun. It's uh, it just doesn't make I, sense. It just doesn't. Everybody make sense. always thinks. You know what? You can call me a homer on this one because I know I'm going to get it. But every team always thinks they know. We've got a super big weapon. Oh, our kicker, our kicker, our kicker. There's one Justin Tucker. And he gets 60 plusers while singing opera, while making them every time. Okay, yeah, I, I don't know There's about no the, I don't know about the opera thing, but I do know my guy is hundred percent in the NFL right now. So that's <laughs> you didn't you didn't but, know Justin but, Tucker does opera? I mean no, I'm just saying I don't know what it feels like to have a kicker kick a 60 and sing the opera. I only know about the kick a 60 part. So that's that's uncharted territory for me though. So I'm gonna take it. After years, years of rolling out trolley kickers like Billy Cundiff, thank God mm. there's at least somebody that could hit a field goal in a clutch moment. The fabled I think Billy Cundiff. The the funny thing about I think I was listening to this earlier today. The funny thing about Cade York hitting these big time kicks right now is I think LSU played a game because he's from LSU um, and he, he shanked like a really bad, I, I would have to go back and look at it, but I remember him in a big game and he shanked one so hard and it was one of those ones you should make. So they were having a little chuckle at, at Cade York being like all of a sudden this kicking hero for week one, week one is an anomaly people whatever happens in week one is week one. So don't look too much into Cade York being your kicker of the future. <laughs> guys, guys, first of all, say hi to Brazil. Hey, Brazil. 
We're <laughs> just in case you guys are wondering, comments are open. So come on in on our YouTube page on the Blundell Network, uh, Twitch, and their Facebook. It's going to be a good time. A couple of things happened this week. Week one, usually some crazy stuff happens, whether it's on the field or off the field or, hey, in the stands. So I'm not sure if that kick was one of the worst things or if this was one of the Uh, the kid in the neck brace. She must have bad. been puking because she saw the Hubbard jersey. That's all I can think of. I don't know. Oh, just I like, that was that. So we like just tucks the shirt too, right? Yeah. It was like, what happens when uh, being in a neck brace isn't the worst thing happening in your day anymore? Getting or puked like, on. Practice, she just like, she goes for it like three times where she leans forward to, and she even looks at her shirt like, yeah, I'm doing a damn good yeah. job. And then she, she just tucks it back in like, that has got to clean up. Yeah. Tucks yeah, it in on the final one. And then just pukes on herself again. Yeah. It's like, damn, I'm just, yeah, okay. Like really had control of her game, I think, for the first three hours. Oh, and then really exactly, just lost control. Yeah. yeah. I would I would went say to, choked, but it was probably the opposite. Yeah. Went to go for the kick and uh, and blew it. So um, in Miami, things got a little bit crazier. Tailgating is supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be. That's bananas. I apologize for the videos. They crumped them. Basically, someone left their grill on and it burnt six cars in the parking lot. <laughs> Miami. So um, safe tailgating people. It, I, I think it goes without saying, does it not? You're going to go tailgating, try not to light the parking lot on fire? Yes, they're already out there. It's like, it's it's only September. They're out there deep frying turkeys and lighting shit on fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Bill. I mean, you'd expect that from like the Bills Mafia, but not in Miami. They're they're clean folk, are they not? Maybe not. Never, and never then this one, me. this has nothing to do with football, but you guys have seen it. And it just makes me laugh. <laughs> that is what happened to the Denver Broncos on Monday night. Did nobody Did tell us that again? To duck or what? No, I'm not sure. I, think I got it's, it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Oh, I could watch that a million There's times. The caption on that video, like, I have all of the questions. Yeah, yeah, me too. I also have all of the questions because what what's going on here? I love the reaction uh, too. He sort of just is like, oh, yeah, she next. down, she down. All next, right. So he's just like, play it cool. We're fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> the week one, not the funnest for a few guys in the NFL. Dak Prescott's got a thumb injury. I think he's going to be out till like week nine. Uh, Elijah Mitchell's out. Jamal Adams is rumored to be out for the season. Russ's time management has been injured. It looks like it's been damaged since last season. Still doesn't understand that it, you know, clock management. It's a thing. I mean, he's not throwing he's not throwing to guys in the end zone when the game matters, so he's improving. So there's that. Chris is not here to to combat those comments, and that's fine. He's got stuff on the go. I mean, it's a Tuesday night. We're doing a football show. It's not like we haven't known about it. Even Ted is here on time. Which hey, is really impressive. I don't I don't miss these things. I know you don't, but 
Yeah, no, you don't. You, I'll give I'll give that. That's that's fair. Um, so we've gone over the tailgating. How about stars that didn't score? Did you guys uh, have Cam Akers in a league or uh, I did? Or yeah, definitely, uh, had it. definitely uh, participated in the Cam Akers experience. That was super fun. Not fun. Not fun. I'm quite thankful for Cooper Cup bailing me out. I actually beat Chris. I was really hoping he'd show up this week. I could get a week one win. That's probably why he's not here. Yeah, against the champ. He's probably pissed because I still haven't got him his trophy yet. So. Is he the only champ that's gone like went 500 in the regular season and won the whole thing? You just get hot at the right time. It could be. I'd have to go back on the stats, but I think I deleted the league. So, you know, NFL.com isn't exactly my uh, safe space anymore. Um, Derek Henry didn't exactly have a big week. Devontae Smith. It was a kind of a rough week for some stars. And just Alan like Robinson everything else. I see you have a Cole Komet in here as a star. Is that every count? Yes, Cole Komet is a star. Yeah, people are expecting him to score, I believe. You know who else didn't score? Nick Chubb didn't score. But he had 142, so it's okay. <laughs> so he made up for it by just running a lot. That's that's good. Uh, guys, one thing that we tend to do after week one, I mean, really every week, but definitely week one, overreactions. So we see the star guy not score, or we see an absolute plug put up 200 yards and two touchdowns we all jump to the waiver wire or throw all of our free agent bucks at this guy. I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it this week, but oh, do you want to tell us who that is so we can, I'm not going to, we're going to tell you later in the show, <laughs> but now you guys have both won. So again, I'm going to ask for your experience on this after week one, you've usually got a pretty good team. I've seen both of you guys. You've constructed pretty good teams. I'm usually a couple good players and I really got to work hard to have a good team. So after week one, you want to go after those guys. And sometimes there's a diamond in the rough and they become superstars. It happens a lot. What should we be looking for or staying away from that are like the, the common mistakes that a lot of us will make after that first week, because everybody's jacked up. They've just seen football. They've just seen so-and-so, like I said, run for 200 yards or a receiver or a fullback get like two touchdowns and he looks better than the running back. Like, what do you guys look for? What's something you shouldn't do? In, in, in my experience, you're not, you're not looking for somebody who just like had himself a week, right? Like we're talking about like a third or fourth receiver who maybe snuck into the lineup because of an injury and had himself a week. Right. Um, that's, that's where you can get into to trouble sort of, you know, spending money on a, on a big buy early on in, in the year. And I'm not against spending a lot of your money, a lot of your capital in the first six weeks on, on players. I think you just have to be really smart about it. I think you can, you can pick up a player or two that you can win the league with mm -hmm. guys that weren't on anybody's radar, as long as you recognize who those players are, but it's not going to be somebody who was just hanging around off roster player that sort of made the squad final cut uh, and took over. That was filling in for somebody who inevitably is going to be coming back. So you got to be smart about those. And for me, if, if you're seeing like an aging vet have himself a monster week, who was probably an undrafted. I don't think that's worth spending a bunch of money on either. I think you can spend money on those guys. That's right. Gone. But you're not going to, yeah, you're not going to go out and, and, and pick yourself up a, a an aging veteran receiver uh, or, or running back or something like that, just because he had one good week due to injury. It's where you're going to be making your big picks is when, you know, an injury happens in week one and somebody fills in from the, you know, say, 
you know, say Deonta Foreman gets all the carries because Christian McCaffrey gets hurt in game one. That's a smart pickup. That's where you blow the the majority of your your fab bucks, you know, not on stuff where it's sort of a shot in the dark. Right. Now, I uh, just to add to that before, uh, Steve, I'm sure you've got a, a take on your, what about a guy that is not uh, an injury replacement and he's actually utilized in a lineup, like I said, maybe it is... Uh, you know, our RB zero, like basically it's an, another running back or maybe it's a third wide receiver that is finally getting that chance to step out. Is it, do you still go after a guy like that? Or are you still cautious on a guy that maybe they just went based on matchup? They just realized like, Hey, we're going to spread the ball around anyway. And they're not going to see us getting the ball to this guy. So, you know, he goes off for a big day and now you think, Oh, this guy's an absolute stud. And then, you know, you've got your blinders on, you forget, Oh, right. You know, their top two receivers are the ones who mainly get the ball. I w- it's funny that you say that. My example of what Ted and you are both talking about is Andrew Beck in yesterday's game. I think he had two catches in the first quarter uh, for 50-something yards. Yeah. And people are like, oh, my gosh, like, is this Russ's new favorite target? Should we be going and getting this, like, undrafted fullback who no. is just catching passes? No, you don't do that because matchups dictate everything. So if Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are kind of getting locked down, maybe it isn't a matchup. You don't go and blow the bank on those kind of guys. I think Ted was right. If there's, you know, a backup running back where the the bell cow gets injured and you're looking at eight weeks of bell cow running back, sure, waste mm-hmm. all your fab bucks. Um on that guy but not necessarily just those flashy guys maybe if it's like a young rookie type who yeah had promise like my my other example would be Jahan Dotson where mm-hmm. in Washington they have Terry McLaurin as their one Curtis Samuel is kind of looked at as a two Jahan Dotson is coming in as a rookie who has incredible hands who's super fast we just don't know what that connection is with Carson Wentz. Right. He kind of got held for most of the game until the end. I think it was like in the fourth quarter sometime. uh, And uh, Wentz hit him for a teardrop on a long bomb. And that's the Jahan Dotson we know. So we know it's okay to waste some money on a guy like that, where that's what he was brought in for. Not as a result of like, our, our top two guys got shut down. So Andrew Beck is now like the leading receiver in, in Bronco country. Yeah. Don't do yeah, that. He's, he's not getting covered anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, I think a, another like example of that is like, you know, I was talking about the aging receiver, right? I mean, Jarvis Landry had himself a game last week and, you know, seven receptions, like 140 yards. That's not a player that you should be flocking to, to spend a ton of fab bucks on. Like, Hey, if you think you need receiver depth in the number three spot and you feel like spending, you know, 10 of a hundred dollars or something like that. And you think that's a, that's a position that's going to help you then, then do it. This isn't a scenario where you're going to go drop 50 last year when the Falcons basically showed their hand and Corderell Patterson was going to be their guy. Yeah that's when you would go and spend a big chunk of money to get yourself an RB one that nobody else had sights on. And so those would be the difference between the two players that you'd be looking to pick up. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I have one more and then we'll get into obviously the main, the main segment of the show. So I had my sights on in the, in one of our drafts on Julio this year. So he goes to Tampa. Julio. 
he goes to Tampa. He's not the number one guy, but he's been a number one guy for obviously almost his entire career. So he goes to play with Tom Brady, has a wicked game. He made some absolute dime catches. He's not going to be their number one target, but he's going to be pretty close to a 1A, depending on what happens with Evans, right? Um, Gronk's not there, so they have to get those targets to someone else this season. They're definitely going to rely on Fournette as well. But a guy like Julio Jones, who I think could have a pretty impressive season, I'm not talking like record numbers, obviously not, but a good enough season that he's going to be a consistent performer as long as he's healthy. So are we overreacting on a guy like Julio Jones after week one? Or if you look and you've got someone that maybe picked him up in later rounds in your draft, you know, do you go and make a trade early on or do you wait another week? And what if he blows up? again and now all of a sudden you you know the feeling you had now you lost your chance and now you have to offer up more so where's where's that bar like do you go after a guy like him and he's the example i'm going to use i know there's a few others but do you go after a guy that has had a pretty decent week and you can see promise or do you wait it out one more week i i think ted's example of um Sorry, oh, uh, Jarvis Landry is almost the exact same as Julio Jones in this situation. I don't think you go and blow half of your your fab bucks for him. Yeah. I think he's probably in a tier above a Jarvis Landry. So maybe if you're looking at like 20, 25 kind of thing, because he, I don't see him as a number one. I also think that Godwin not being 100% yeah. elevated his status. So when Godwin comes back, um, he assumes that one B role. We clearly saw that the, the offense still runs through Mike Evans and Leonard Fournette. Those yep. are the two big bodies. Totally. Everybody else, Tom is going to do what Tom has always done. And he's just going to get the ball where it needs to go. So if that is Julio one week, great. If that's Cam Brate, great. If it's Russell Gage, great. He's just going to deliver it outside right. of those two targets and three when Godwin comes back. Okay, so like I said, so uh, and just to go back to it, now you're talking about you're spending bucks on like a free agency or waiver wire. What about a trade <clears throat> for like a Landry or a Julio? Like, are you you know are you hot and heavy on a trade like that, or do you maybe leave that alone for another week? I think it I think it depends on where where you're feeling the need. If you are playing in a two two receiver set league with a uh, with a flex. Uh, and you only have one good receiver and you're looking at a bunch of number threes on your team or something like that. And you, you can, you can get your hands on him for a piece. Yeah. Then, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's all based on expectations. You're not having him come in and be your number one receiver that you have to count on every single week. You're okay with him coming in and filling that number three role. You know, maybe he gets three receptions, 70 yards a week for the next few weeks before you sprinkle in some scoring and stuff like that. But he's probably going to be the wide receiver equivalent to what Gronk was in tight end rankings during his time with Tampa. So he's not going to be the best. He's going to have some really solid weeks where he's going to put up monster numbers, uh, but he's probably going to factor into being in those top 10 tight end rankings, which means you probably put him in the top like 25 receivers, which isn't bad to roster 25, 30. So it isn't bad to roster when you go uh, to try to make a trade for him, but it's got to be because you really need to shore up a position. And there's probably multiple other guys that you could probably look at first, including trying to pick yourself up a driver's Landry from free agency 
uh, and just giving it a shot with him, right? Or a Robbie Anderson or something like that, where you can see, yeah. hey, do I have two more three, two or three more weeks before I feel like I have to make a trade for a guy like Julio? Is that in all types of leagues, Ted? Yeah, I mean, I don't think so because I don't think he's breaking the bank when it comes to PPR either. So it what probably is the same. PPR <laughs> <Yeah>. means <laughs> points per reception. Um, also, that's a, that's a good in case you're wondering, it, yeah. nothing is standard in PPR. Walked right into that one, yeah. I was just waiting. I was hoping you would. So Yep, central over there. Oh, man. I just, I'm in control of all the toys over here. It's great. I love buttons, it. buttons, and buttons. <laughs> Steve, you had another one you wanted to get in? George Jensen yeah, over here. The other uh, kind of don't overreact for week ones, uh, especially if you are in a dynasty. I could see if you are in a you know single one-off year or, or redraft full years. Um, don't overreact on those big prized rookies that maybe didn't put up the volume you wanted to. I am all in on Brees Hall. I have him in, in both of my leagues that I'm in. Um, he got outtouched by Michael Carter, who looked great. Okay, awesome. It's it's a it's a long season. If you are in dynasty and you picked up a guy like Brees Hall or Damian Pierce, you know, and and they did Traylon Burks, yeah, Traylon Burks, any of those rookies, but especially the, I, I find the running back rookies. Everybody is so quick to say like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I drafted Brees Hall first overall. He's in a timeshare with Michael Carter, and then by week four. Brees Hall shows why he was selected so early in the draft and why pundits are so all in on him because he Patience. is everything back. Like, are you okay with drafting Brees Hall first overall if their situation in New York becomes uh, what Green Bay has in AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Hell, I'm still all in on him because one injury away from you now may be having the next Christian McCaffrey or at worst you have an Aaron Jones. So oh, I'm no. still all in on those guys. Don't overreact. Don't sell your, your prized pieces in dynasty because of the first couple of weeks, if they don't pan out like you want them to. And on the flip side of that, if you're a guy that's in a league, start, start targeting those players in trade. Like now it doesn't hurt to ask. The worst thing you can do is say, Hey, Here's my offer for Brees Hall. Do you do you want to jump ship right away? They can just say no if you really if they really don't want it, right? If you're in a bad league, that trade happens. Yeah. <laughs> so make sure you're predatory as well. That that can All of a sudden my way. phone is just getting blown up with trade yeah. requests. Ding, 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 ding. Love it. All right, oh, boys. Oh, Jones for for Brees Hall. Wow. They must be watching the show. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're now at that point in the show. That the name our namesake is built on. Welcome to. I'm gonna to try to do this. <laughs> that helps no one stars. Let's see that. Oh, look at Tom Brady. He's, oh yeah, new new pick this year. New pick. We're we're going a little guy. bit more, you know, professional looking. I think, right? <laughs> With the '80s music. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Seems like an like old picture. Is that like 43 year old Tom Brady? <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's easily two years ago. He's like Jennifer Aniston. He's actually getting younger the older he gets. Yeah. He, he's the Benjamin Button of the NFL. Yeah. I like ben, it. I like Benjamin's it. Buttons. Benjamin's <laughs> Buttons. So, boys, Steve, actually, yeah, Steve, you get to have uh, 
you get to have the lead first and foremost. Oh, so who is your panel for this week? Season. The first one of the season. How did I this get This is so good. Late? This feels good. This feels right, doesn't it? This does feel right. And I go. knew I was excited for this show uh, on Sunday when in our group chat we were start. Well, I was starting to get a little hasty towards our non-existent friend Chris here. <laughs> He's, his he, voice I'm not going to bring because one of you still took him. But you know what? It's a new year. It's a new me. You're growing. And yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not just picking the same person or just an offensive lineman to score. I have now gone to the all-name team <laughs> who have ruined their fantasy week. Yeah. So if you were watching the Las Vegas Raiders at the Chargers, you might have thought to yourself, okay, I've got Keenan Allen. Yeah, good for you. Not worth keeping. Oh, maybe you have a guy named just, Austin Eckler. Just a second. Those are guys worth keeping, folks. Do not, <laughs> worth those not worth keeping. Didn't get a touchdown. Neither one of those guys. Maybe it's a Mike Williams. No, also not worth keeping. There is a guy on that team named Xander. And you might be thinking to yourself, how is that? Is that with the X, like Xander? Mm. No, this is the Z, Xander Horvath out of Mishawaka. Oh, yeah, Mishawaka. He even hails from a town with a cool name, Xander Horvath of the church <clears throat> fullback. He decided to have himself a day, uh, not only catching two passes for six yards, he also rushed once for two yards, but he, <sighs> had, he had the touchdown and he stole it, which helped absolutely zero people in fantasy football this week. So Xander Horvath, it's the inaugural season two Dano. Let's check it out. Area, they'll call it every time. Th third and goal, the tight ends got the touchdown reception. The rookie out of Purdue, Xander Horvath. A one-yard touchdown pass, and the Chargers are taking the lead here in the second quarter. And God, the powder blues, too. It, and it the said powder Purdue. Blues. I, I thought... I thought he was from Michinawaka or whatever. Oh, his birthplace is Misha, Mishawaka. Mishawaka. It, it's so funny. Those because soft hands too, eh? On the big man. You know, you know, the guy really isn't that known when the announcer's like, and to the tight end. And I, wow. I see he's listed as a fullback and he's yeah. like, oh, yeah. And he kind of like trails off and you can tell he's probably typing behind the scenes. He's like, oh, Xander Horvath out of Purdue, yeah. of course. Like He's like, uh, Xander mm, Horvath. <laughs> yeah. Not on our game <laughs> sheet. How come he's not on our game sheet? He wasn't supposed to be in the first place. Love it. Good Love call. It. Love Good it. call. So Ted. if it makes you feel any better, uh, I, I obviously got shotgunned. Or we all got shotgunned early when it came to picking our, our, our Thano players this week. But that was going to be my guy was Xander Horvath. So, was it actually? <laughs> yeah. So I was I was quite happy to step back and and uh, and take, you know, our boy with one reception, one yard, one TD. I mean, he's got all the right stuff. I think he checks all the boxes for what it means to be a Thano player. I mean, he's uh, the MVP award of the yeah, show. He's the he's the MVP award winner. What three times he took this? Maybe maybe people need to get start getting wise to starting our boy Jody Fortson. Let's have a look. Grab it, boom! Back in the end zone and coming back to get it. It's caught by Forston for the touchdown. 
Oh, they need oh, to get his name right. Guys, that was just vintage Jody Fortson. When, when are we going to have to start starting this guy? I mean, <laughs> oh, he was rostered in 0.4% of leagues. He was was started in 0% of leagues. So welcome back, Jody Fortson. I mean, we have to keep picking him until he's not relevant, right? He was the one yard, one reception, one TD. He was the OG of that. He was he was he was the man. Yeah. He was the only thing better than a Jody Fortson is a big man with football, right? So <laughs> Did now did we that. get any of those this week, Steve? I looked and looked. I didn't see any. I don't I, I was because you took over. the over just for being fun, right? And I don't think we saw any. Yeah. I oh, well. don't bet your yeah. Hopefully nobody bet their house on that. I'm not legally uh liable for any sort <laughs> of mishaps on DraftKings this week. The, I was gonna cool. say the best thing about Jody Fortson is I think in the true nature of uh that helps nobody candidate is people have to have you know the the stars rostered and have those tds poached by someone else now who better than travis kelsey who is still regarded as one or two tight end whoever you know he's probably still regarded as the number unequivocally yeah um and so you're like oh down in the goal line red zone who are they going to go to? Oh, they've got to go to Kelsey, especially now that Tyreek Hill is gone. And Jody Fortson's like, uh-uh. Don't you forget Actually, he was like this. <laughs> oh, is this what he did? <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, yeah. yeah I, I mean, guys, I'm starting to think Jody Fortson is dude's pretty good. Maybe he's like, legit. I, I think if I got, if I have like a Hail Mary start, I have my, you know, I, I have a guy like, you know, a, a top guy that, that I'm not going to worry about all season until it comes to bye week. And Jody Fortson's available. Like, yo, I might just. Well, he'll be. I'm no, just, you, you said that wrong. He will be available. Well, I don't, we yet. talk about him a lot on the show, so it might not be the case anymore. When, if Jody Fortson's available and I'm in a bye week, I think I'm just going to pick him up and wait for the 1 1 1 1. Can you imagine he actually wins your week for you? Like, I won by six points. Yeah, what happens if they actually, you know, go wheels up on Jody Fortson? I mean, the guy looks like he can play. I mean, <laughs> we joke about it. He's He scores. At he's one, he's a he's apprenticing under the number one tight end in the world. So I mean, he's got to be learning something. Not right? Play forever, he <clears> will <throat> not play forever. Like we we just talked about like being one injury away. In yeah. like we are being funny considering his usage, his role. You know, he, somehow he still gets touchdowns. But if Travis Kelsey goes down with a season-ending injury, could Jody Fortson actually be a legitimate? starter in fantasy football maybe he's uh maybe he's he's todd heap to shannon sharp we never know you know what if travis kelsey gets injured what do we have a hundred for uh fab bucks i'm placing all 100 on him right now (laughs) is he the next jimmy graham i'm going all in that i'm gonna just put it out i don't care how it ruins my year i'm spending every dollar i have if travis travis kelsey goes out you know what it's not a bad play if you if you if especially if you're a travis kelsey owner and he got hurt on you then you make that you make the pickup the quick pickup for jody fortson and then you go you find yourself a backup tight end because obviously it's going to be jody that runs with the ball wow who who knew we'd be handcuffing tight ends this early this <laughs> like who, who do you got to handcuff i haven't even heard of this guy nobody's heard of this guy except for here so I got a nice little pick here. Uh, Steve, you were so fortunate to go with the Chargers, and I thought similar color of jersey. And I thought, you know, as I said in the opener, Derrick Henry, not a big week. He uh, did not score a touchdown. Not a big week for the big man. 
that is going to try to truck through as many people as possible this season. There was a guy, though, who did some catching from the back end. He is the next Cordero Patterson. Three <laughs> catches, 61 yards, two touchdowns. You all know him. You've got him in your leagues. Actually, some people do, and I've been trying to make trades for these guys all day. Uh, Dontrell Hilliard. Check this one out. First down at 20. Tannehill. Hilliard out of the backfield, up the sideline, to the end zone for the second time today. Taylor Lewan knew what was up. The, 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 the devastating Tannehill to Hilliard. Like, that was a 30-yard score, too. That was a, I mean, that's a good touchdown for like, anybody. This is going to sound ridiculous. So Dontrell Hilliard spent a number of years playing in Cleveland behind Nick Chubb. And he was like highly respected for being a ridiculously good pass blocking running back and has obviously good hands to, to, to catch passes coming out of the backfield. He's not your, your typical tiny third down running back either. So, I mean, this seems like a really good pickup and like the perfect complement to, to a big bruising back like they have there. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a, I mean, you probably want to handcuff your guy. I don't think you're going to roll him out and start him every week if Travis Henry gets hurt. But I mean, that's like that might be a nice spot start in a flex option from from week to week for sure. They're going to have they're going to have to give him the pass option anyway, and that's a nice thing. You know what you've got in Derrick Henry, so you know he's going to be running up the gut. You know he's going to be eating eating the big yards. But you've got a guy as well that you can float out there, even if you go on a two back set, and you have to respect you have to respect the main one. And if not, you've got a pass catching back that can clearly run. And he's pretty dodgy as well in the good way. And I mean, points are points, folks. At the end of the day, <laughs> you win. You Everybody cheers you on. Steve, I uh, just want to, before we get to our next segment, that is a great hat. I know Ted said that privately, but I'm going to say it publicly. A, because I also own it. And the shirt I'm wearing right here, I actually made because I own that hat. So we did not plan this. <laughs> And that's amazing. We didn't know. Just no. that's how well we're in sync. Real. That's how well we're in sync. We just these things just happen because things are that well. Um, I've changed the name of one of our our segments. It's no longer sleepy starts. We've now changed it to sneaky starts. There's Taylor Lewan. Now it's funny because clearly he's a huge guy and he's not sneaky. So that's why he's on our new clip. What do you guys think so far? Pretty good. I think it's, yeah, I think it's like production values. Yeah, it's like starting the running back that you drafted number one overall saying you're going to start him this week. Yeah, Najee Harris. (laughs) I I think we should uh, reach out to Taylor and, you know, see, see what he thinks of it, to be honest. I've been reaching out he to anyone that'll these, listen. These areas of of the world, so maybe he'll maybe he'll stop. <laughs> I've uh, actually my uh, my brother in law. He sends me a text this summer, and he's like, "Yeah, just, uh, so, a good good friend of his." He's like, "Yeah, just chilling at Apple Bowl," and he's like, "Oh, check it out." I'm like, "Hey, that's Terry Lewan," and he's like, "I'm like, wait, which one?" Because the other clearly they were both both had their shirts <laughs> off, and I, I clearly <laughs> knew who was who. But uh, yeah, he was chilling out in Kelowna. Good guy, apparently, as many people have said. You know, just hanging out in his off season, getting ready for the big season, and then losing against the Giants, which wasn't a lot of fun. So, Ted, who's our first sneaky start of the season? Uh, my first sneaky start of the season is going to be 
Detroit Lions running back Jamal Williams. No, this might not be a sneaky start because it might be an RB that some guys have on their roster. But what I'm saying is, and I've done this for the last few years, is 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 start your DeAndre Swift, but also start your Jamal Williams. I think it's very obvious that it's possible he could play the the Kareem Hunt to to Nick Chubb role um, this season, especially if they continue to split carries. He's available in 85% of leagues. Um, similar to Nick Chubb, was involved on a couple of plays scored on both of them he's obviously got a nose for the end zone um and they're gonna run the they're gonna run the wheels off of deandre swift but they're gonna need help right i mean that's just the way they do it i think detroit recognizes that they have a possible two-headed monster threat out there in the backfield and they're going to take advantage of that and so if you have jamal williams then i would be not shy at all about starting him in my flex position if you have deandre swift i would still be looking at starting jamal williams and i think that um I think this is just a solid pickup, especially if you can go get him in your league where he's just so available right now. Good call. It's a great call. Not in our league, he's not available. Not in our league. That's because we have like 100 players, but yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Even still... (laughs) I I, I only said that because I I sat him on my bench uh, this last week. So he didn't help me at all, but guess what? Darren's team sucks, and I didn't actually need him, so... Um, Just a quick question before we get to mine, because I'm going to go next. Um, I know it's been like a week or so, how did your guys' seventeenth round go in our draft? <laughs> was a pretty good. Like, did you get anyone of value in in, in well, that round? I think I uh, I think I picked up Steve's Lavisca Sinault before I instantly dropped him, and then accidentally <laughs> uh, accidentally added Casey Printers, and then realized that he doesn't play anymore either in the NFL. So I dropped him too. Yeah. Um, it's I, one of my favorite know. things of draft day is you draft all your players with the understanding that if you draft a guy in the draft, that that's the best available player that you could possibly want. And the second the draft ends, guys are just like head down, add drop, add drop, add drop, add drop, add drop. And you're like, why do we even do the last three rounds? Like, is there a point to them? Um, that's a good that that's fair so i also got a few texts from a few people right after that just asking about uh their their missing draft picks from a few people actually my cousin one of them and i said well i needed to add two more players after the draft ended so clearly i needed those i didn't complain so oh i hope somebody's available for you exactly so when, oh, when come with me while i sift through the garbage yeah exactly oh what's that well that's a dead rat don't worry about that i bet he could start that's great yeah, like, just, probably would have drafted jamal in. williams if i knew i had a 17th overall pick i'll tell you that for free yeah <laughs> it's it's just something that sometimes people ask these questions like how do your late rounds go and for Did me you, you I seriously don't got a lot of texts on that you do people i got more than that? one I got more than one. I only really remember I, one. See, I generally try to trade my 17th and 16th and 15th round draft picks away so that I don't have to dra- draft that late in the, the, the draft. Oh, we got a question. Before we get to mine, actually, I'm going to answer my thing, and then we're, Ventro, we're going to get to your question in like two seconds here. So my sle- sneaky start, sorry, and I had talked about this guy all last season. You should get on board with this now that they got rid of Tyree Hill. Mikul Hardman... It's Mikkel Hardman season. Three for six, 16 yards, one touchdown. Sneaky AF. He's the third option. Eventually, we're going to hit that question real quick. Sorry to cut you off, Ron. Absolutely. Um, He's the third option for the Chiefs after we saw how much they spread the ball around. Week one, it's going to continue to happen. He's in a pretty amazing team. 63% owned. So people are aware of him, but he's only 13% started, you guys. 
And I said this last season, he was definitely worth adding, definitely worth starting, not every week, but he's going to get the ball. And they spread the ball around a lot on that team. And I mean, in PPR, for sure, I would be starting him if you can. He's a safe pick. If you don't have a really deep team and you just need a guy to go in there, if he's available, like it's not going to hurt you to have him, A, just even stashed away, worst case. Best case is you have to throw him in and you're going to get, on PPR, you're probably going to get, you know, three, well, three catches for sure. And he's probably going to bleed out at least, you know, a 10 or 15 yard runs. Like you're going to get a little bit more. So, um, wow, lots of big questions here. First, we're going to get to Ventro and then Ted, uh, or and then Steve will get to here. So I'm going to put this up quickly. Hopefully that shows up. Should I trade Daryl Henderson for KJ Osborne and Damian Pierce? I'm going to leave that to one of you guys because I am the wrong person to ask. So I'll if take you it. have Daryl okay. Henderson, you run to that button and you press <laughs> accept as fast as you possibly. I don't care if it's standard, half PPR, PPR. What um, happens in half PPR? I forget. <laughs> well, it splits, I think. <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Ryan. Um, I, trailer, I am not sold on Daryl Henderson. Um, he got the majority of the carries. He was playing a tough Buffalo Bills defense, uh, but he was only rushing for 3.6 yards per carry. Um, I know everyone who drafted Cam Akers, who has Cam Akers, is choked and and Me. you know Me. is is the world is on fire kind of idea. But guess what? Cam Akers is the future of their running back. Damian Pierce is the future of Houston's uh, backfield. So if you have Daryl Henderson and somebody offers that, run and smash that accept button. Um, it might not pay off this week or next week, but over the course of this season, you win that trade 100 times over. Yeah, with Steve unequivocally on this one, I think this is just your typical coach having a lesson rolled out to the rookie. I guess he's not a rookie anymore, but he's really just attacking his first real season. Uh, hey, this isn't going to be given to you. You need to earn your reps. You need to earn your place in this offense. Henderson was here with us last year, but I think the writing is on the wall that it's going to be acres down the road. And like Steve said, I don't think you can hit that button fast enough on the, on the, the other side of this trade, you're also getting KJ Osborne. I know he's the, he's the third, he's the third on that offense, but he also got the third most targets and it's going to be Jefferson and Thielen down the road. But if that's just a, another piece that you can stash away on your bench, should anything happen to those guys or you need to, to be in, I mean, you're already in a PPR league, so he's getting a decent amount of targets there. So even if he rolls out, you know, four receptions for 30 yards or something like that, that's going to be a nice little payday in a flex start position. So I just think, yeah, you can't hit this trade fast enough. Just go after it. Man, you guys know stuff. And there's a second question here, and I'm trying to find <clears throat> my little thing, but uh, Michael Hardman or Sky Moore? That's, I, I mean, Sky Moore is a rookie this year, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's really early. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't be stressing out about either of those guys personally right now. You could probably play around with both and see what becomes the fit. I mean, Michael's been in the system, so. Again, you're going to have a little bit more trust with a quarterback that knows where to put him, knows where he's going to be and can put the ball in those spots. At the same time, you're probably going to have a hot week where you're going to see Sky Moore go off where nobody's going to be covering him because they're going to be putting the ball, you know, CEH or you're going to have Kelsey or someone else. So that's a fun offense. And I don't think at you're going to you're going to get you're going to get to feast at some point. It's tough to say when. 
but I would say if you've got if if you've got Sky Moore, you're probably going to be chucking him in at some point anyway. Um, anybody that's in those rookie drafts, he's one of the guys you'd want anyway. So, I mean, I, I as an overreaction, you know, if you had both of them, you're like, oh, this guy scored. I mean, Michael Hardman's a great option, but at the same time, if you're watching our show, like we're 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 trying to find the diamonds in the rough, or at least we're we're dragging around in the rough. So we're not exactly uh, here for the home run picks. If you happen to hit a home run, I mean, Dawson Knox was a big one last year. That was one that ended up uh, panning out quite nicely. Uh, there was a few other players. I'm going back. I'd have to look, but yeah, there's definitely guys that you know we come across for sure. But right now, I mean, I wouldn't be freaking out too too much on on either one of those guys. But try them both out. I mean, at the very least. You know, Michael Hardman's not a household name for a lot of people, so you could probably pick him up for next to nothing realistically. So, so I would be interested to hear what Steve has to say on this one. But for me, I, I disagree, man. I, I I'm going after this Sky Moore trade, and if if I can get my hands on Sky Moore for a guy like Michael Hardman, then I'm doing it almost instantaneously, almost as quick as I'm making that trade for for. There's no trade though in this one. Yeah. He's just, I think, one or the other. Yeah, I mean, one or the other. Sure. I mean, if you if you're in a league where both of these guys are available, and then then Sky Moore needs to be on your bench over Michael Hardman. So if you have a roster oh, yeah. that has Michael Hardman on it and he's not going to factor into your week-to-week starts, neither is Sky Moore, but one clearly has a, a huge amount more potential than the other. And for me, that's Sky Moore, so that's why he needs to be on your roster over Hardman. I feel like I said that in less words. I, I honestly... Maybe more words. <laughs> so for me on this one, it's definitely what type of a league you're in. If you are in a single year league where you're not, you know, keeping players or anything like that, Andy Reid has shown a very strong tendency to go with the veteran hand. So a guy like McCall Hardman, who is trusted in his system, he's probably going to get more looks. If I'm in a dynasty league, um, I really like Sky Moore. I think uh, he showed... At, I think it was, I think he was drafted at Western Michigan. Um, he can put up big numbers. So is Hardman there next year? I don't know that. Uh, I think Sky Moore could be the future. I'm also oh, yeah. not really sold on Juju or uh, MVS as long term targets for Pat Mahomes. So I am with Ted. I will take Sky Moore, um, starting him more often. In terms of just keeping guys, Skymore is the clear-cut favorite. I feel uh, like I'm being like crapped on for saying that you shouldn't <laughs> have Skymore. I, I did not say that. You, you guys love, are basically you, love you were like, yeah, I like them both. Like try no, them both. Out. They're both fun. Asking, like, he asked a fair question, and I gave a fair answer. You guys, are, oh no, Ryan. I feel like you sat on the fence for his answer. Though. I probably did. I probably did. Um, Steve, get to yours, and then we got a couple questions here as well uh yeah okay um yeah so my sneaky start is uh our good buddy dj shark 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 i like him i tried getting him again did you yeah he wasn't available because i didn't have a pick for the first four rounds so oh yeah classic yeah that's me taking with your 17th round pick darn yeah Um, Maybe the 10th round. This week, he was targeted eight times, which um, our buddy Mike, who no longer plays in the league with us, he was very, very high on drafting wide receivers who get targeted a lot because that's opportunity, right? It's just like running backs who get carries. 
Uh, And he tended to find a lot of really good wide receivers. So eight targets in a game is great. Uh, Four catches, 52 yards and a touchdown. Well, Jamison Williams is still recovering from that knee injury. He suffered in uh, at Alabama. You got to go pick him up. He's only rostered in 22.1% of NFL.com leagues. So there's a pretty wide opening for a guy who's a wide receiver too, but has shown the ability to be a wide receiver one. So I think with him and Amon Ross St. Brown, you've got kind of like a 1B and a 1B or maybe a 1A and 1B. Um, he's, he's worth it to me, even though Jared Goff sucks. The targets are there. The opportunities are there. Go get he has to throw to somebody good. So I'm shark. Love it. Okay, so we got a few questions here. We'll try to get these quicker because we do have one more segment and then maybe we'll take a few more questions. If you guys keep tuning in every week, we can make the first part shorter and we can answer as many questions as are in there. Um, Singletary or Ramondre, who wants this one? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think we can both jump into this, but I feel like at this point in time, especially this early in the season, it's a bit of a coin flip. Ramondre was really hot going into the season. I think a lot of people saw what he did towards the end of last year and really solidifying himself in that running back position. Um but I just don't know if it's there yet for him. I think he's he's back in what seems like a little bit of trouble and with 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 Bill. I think it's possible we could see him bench next season or not next game. Uh, you know, heading into this the the week against the Steelers, and like we could see him sit on the bench for four more weeks before all of a sudden Bill puts him in and he's feeding him thirty carries a game. Like it's just it's it's a different running back, and Bill. it's and it's the same story with 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 old Bill, right? I mean you just don't know i'm pretty sure bill plays fantasy football and that's why he does this to mess with everybody and nobody trusts Steelers running backs Rex I think our, our old guy james our old guy james rayburn was like just adamant about that um but but that being said i mean single singletary is is also a guy who you're probably not ruling out each week either right <clears throat> pardon me and i think I the problem be. in buffalo is that we don't know who's getting the goal line work and it really sucks for singletary that their goal line running back is probably also their quarterback. So uh, that's an issue. Uh, I think if I'm going to stash a guy on my bench, again, these are two players that we're talking about that aren't factoring into your starting rosters. I, I, I think Steven is, Stevenson is still the better guy to have as a stash player, even though you're not using him week to week. Uh, and if you're in a good spot with running backs, then I would go I would go Ramondre. If you're not in a good spot with running backs, then you have to go Singletary. So it's a, kind of a catch-22 with that one lovely yeah i'm i'm gonna disagree with you on this one it when when there's when i have two especially running backs where you just don't know what the hell you're getting like you you were exactly on with bill belichick i had damian harris last year um i i traded for him before Ramondre kind of was the hot hand and bill just went with him so i got burned by the classic patriots hot hand um you're also right about Singletary kind of being in this unknown committee as well. They've got, you know, they drafted James Cook. They have Zach Moss who likes to take those uh, goal line carries. Josh Allen is going to get those goal line carries too. So and for, people. for me, if there's two so unknown players, I sometimes like to take the player where the opportunity to get touchdowns is higher. Buffalo's offense is off the damn charts which means Singletary can have the opportunity to score more touchdowns to be featured more so I'm actually taking Singletary in this one neither guy is overly running back this is his running back here we go 
Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good running back death. So in this scenario, you know, in this scenario for me, Axis, I'm holding on to Ramondre in the hope that that's going to be a guy who can actually win me a league sure. if he does what he does sure. at the end of the year. Had your yeah. running back death been worse, then I obviously would have went with Singletary in this one. Yeah, man, that's a, uh, that's not bad. You. Yeah, that's, great question, Axis. Thank you. you. Not bad at all. And to our final segment, and I'm sure we'll get some more questions, but to our final segment, and he's not here. But that's okay. Wait, there we go. <laughs> it's it's an easy rollover one. Sleepy ads. We got a we got another trade for here. A guy that's, another for trade a guy that's already here. sleeping. Um. Okay. So we'll get to this question. Then we'll we'll get every. What do you think? Here, let's post this up. What do you think of my trade last week? I sent CD and and Etienne for Javante and Amar say Brown in PPR draft. I actually think that's a fairly even trade. Um, I think CD lamb is a really, you know, solid wide receiver. Obviously last week, he didn't know that Dak was going to be out. Um, but Amon Ross St. Brown came on strong last year. I think they're very equal in what they can bring to the table. I'm pretty high on Travis Etienne because he can catch, he can run out of the backfield. I love those dual threats. Um, But Javante Williams is also kind of like a really dependable guy that you can always take. So I actually think that trade works for both people. And Ryan is bringing the tail. I'm in the tailgate zone. This should have been for earlier. I apologize. I'll have it up for next week. I have no idea what that had to do with it, but I think that's a great trade. Um, I don't know that anybody won that one in my opinion. Yeah, I think the only caveat to this would be, you know, that CD is now playing with a broken quarterback. So that that was that was probably a win. I think I think what Steve's saying is is really accurate, especially with the St. Brown piece going back the other way. I, I think this really is a fair trade and, and probably helps both of you out. But uh, what's going to win it in the short term is the fact that you move CD off your roster, and we don't know what's going to happen with that quarterbacking yeah. situation in the future. So nice work. Okay. So we're at sleepy ads and I had to, I'm just trying to confirm my guy. Cause I'm going first. Dontrell Hilliard. Somehow it says that he's 0% owned in our sleeper league and, or in sleeper leagues period ownership. He's rostered. Sorry. They've finally changed it. 13% rostered 1% started. Did you make Dontrell Hilliard both? Your I did the three and- Yeah. I took all three. Wow. I'm big on him this week. I put oh all my, my money God. into him. That's, that also seems That's lazy. That's it's not lazy. <laughs> it's not lazy. He's a guy that you should be starting. He's a guy you should be adding. He also had a week that you needed to pay attention to him. That's well, the, you, you could have said that for one segment and given the people a little more juice for the others. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna. <laughs> I'll be. Don't worry. I al- yeah. I always make sure that I show up yeah. every week. If you if you tuning week. in this week, then you have uh, only one guy that you can be adding this week from Ryan's. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, Look, Ryan, uh, unfortunately, that man is not our show this week. So somebody had to be the whipping boy, and you just you kind yeah. of you gave us the layup again. Like you're I just, know. I mean, at least I can talk, and I'm no, I'm not talking on my throat like this. <laughs> just like in your baseball game, you are serving up meatballs, and they are getting cranked right. You now. know what? If you win twenty-one to twenty, that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> win so win. anyway, he's uh, like I said, no AJ Brown. He's got they're the new Cordero Patterson RB zero baby. 
He's he's available. <laughs> this is week one. I'm a little rusty. I got a lot of buttons I got to press. I'm trying to make sure the chat goes well here. You're doing a great job. It's thank you. Thank you very much. It's at the same time. Yeah, I'm the whipping boy. <clears> I don't mind it. If Chris was here, we would be making fun of him. And he'd probably have some comment about uh, um, big boobs. So, <laughs> he loves and, that. Uh, yeah. And, he loves and that. so he, he does. So it's <laughs> Ryan can't even bring himself to say it. He's like, nope, nope. Mm. No, nope, I'm better than I'm better than that. So, uh, Steve, <laughs> rebound here and uh, make sure you can save the segment for us. Um, I'm not going to be lazy, so I, I kind of diversified my portfolio. If you know. <laughs> um, although I didn't go too far. Order. There's some big it, wording happening. Look the 401k section. Here we go. <laughs> this one uh, was actually pretty easy for me because obviously watching the Ravens game, uh, we got to see Devin Duvernay get kind of unleashed into the offense he got a chance uh he, he got his opportunity he got 52 percent of the snaps which doesn't sound like a lot for a player um Rashad Bateman who is their wide receiver one I think was in the six, 65 percent so he's clearly the wide receiver two on the Ravens uh he's rostered in just 0.5 percent of NFL.com leagues uh and he he had a couple touchdowns this week so not that I Wait, think he's it? going to be, you know, a focal point of every week for the Ravens, but uh, he had four catches, 54 yards, two touchdowns. There was a couple of long touchdowns, with, uh, which looked really good. Um, so, yeah, that that's my that's my ad. That's yeah. Mr. Nick Kenneth Walker, sleepiest of ads. Yeah. We, we didn't pick Kenneth Walker because I just assumed that it was going to be Chris's ad, but he's not here. Yeah. So. <laughs> so it, technically we have four but it it is I, a really good pick though especially uh, you know if you are in those keeper leagues and people are just looking at oh rashad penny is the number one guy kenneth walker is probably going to be that guy you know moving forward i i think chris would be on here singing his praises and saying how good rashad penny will be uh, if they don't pay rashad penny you've got kenneth walker uh kind of sliding right in there I did pick Kenneth Walker up in my other league. Uh, I think it was like seventh or eighth round. I was like, I don't need him for this year. I just want him to be the RB1 for the Seahawks. And someone will want him. Uh, Yeah, if you can add him in a a dynasty, go get your hands on him. Ted, who is your uh, sleepy ad? Uh, You can't say Gino. (laughs) My sleepy ad is also Dontrell. No, just kidding. Um, (laughs) We had a rule. You can't do that. I'm going to I'm gonna go a little off the board here, and I'm, I'm going to go back to Taysom Hill. I think it'll be a little similar to what he was two years ago versus last wow. year. So he's one of those sort of rare football players, right, that actually has some he, fantasy impact. He is a football um, player. Yeah, but those there's like the football players that like you don't see them and you don't see their, their contribution show up in fantasy like you would on the field, right? And I think... Hill, if used correctly, is one of those players. So this year, what makes him different than previous years is that he's listed as a tight end. So you can have him sitting there on a spot that, I mean, honestly, we're all looking for reaches for anybody that can can be a bit of a home run and score you more than six to eight points per week. They obviously continue to use him in the wildcat. They slot him in for goal line situations. Uh, He takes direct snaps. The odd time he might throw a pass, but he's obviously got some serious running ability. Uh, I, I, I think... I mean, you have to be smart about it when you're going to be making your starts for him, but he might not be a bad guy to have on your roster as a secondary tight end moving forward. 
Um, what was his contract situation <clears throat> like? Was it it was it game started or how did that work out? Because he had some really funky hybrid contract. Yeah, his. It's funny that you say that. I was actually just looking it up because I remember last. Tim Tebow's available, that. also, folks. Yeah, he signed like a hundred and forty million dollar contract, and the That's world was wild. Like, what the hell is going yeah. on? Here? There was a whole bunch of voided years. There's a reason why Taysom Hill is still on that team and they have to use him. His dead cap for this year would be 20 almost 29 million. What? Next year it's almost 24 million. He's got an opt out the year after, but his dead cap would still be 9.8, 5.8 and 1.8 until his year 36. Yeah. And that's a factor they have to use him, right? They, they, they have to use him now. But <laughs> and it's not like he's and it's not like he's busted either. Like the guy can no. still ball. Like he can yeah. still ball, but you have to use him correctly. And he was used wholly incorrectly last year. And and to a certain extent, the year before that, they were using him in all the right situations. I think you go back to players like like Josh Cribbs and I can't remember his name, freaking Miami running back of like years before him, where they started installing the wildcat Brown. right off the bat. Ronnie yeah, Brown. Brown. Yeah. Ronnie Brown, right? I mean, if you're using these players correctly, and finally they they set him in a position other than quarterback. So now he actually has value that you can actually use this guy on your roster because you certainly couldn't before. And now that opens up. That's, that's a clever, that's a clever pick. I, he's such an enigma, that guy, like really, what are we going to get him? But I mean, it's probably a guy you're going to want to pay attention to regardless. I mean, if, whether you're adding him or not, like if he starts showing up on, on stat sheets, I think we're going to have to start. So here's another little value piece to what ted is saying as well the the fact that they're not using him as a quarterback anymore means that you don't have to start him as a quarterback so i just Mm -hmm. checked this out on our sleeper app he is listed as a tight end yeah Mm -hmm. so you don't have to waste that coveted quarterback position for putting a guy there who may get some yards who might not like that's what tight ends are for Tight ends, but in a flex you, too. You don't need him in a super flex. You can put him as a normal that's, flex. That's what I mean. Like, you know, if you don't have Kelsey Andrews, you know, Darren Waller, those guys. Jody Fortson. Don't Jody Fortson. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why not take like? Why not take a a stab at a Taysom Hill who's going to get some goal line yards, who's going to get some carries probably. Um, it, it's an underrated thing to use a guy who isn't a tight end in a tight end spot when you don't have one of the top ones. Especially right. for a guy who, even though he's in the tight end spot, doesn't really play the tight end spot. Like, I mean, Not they line him up as they line him up as a running back. They they yeah. set him in as a lead blocker. They let him throw passes. Like they trust him enough to do those things. Yeah, and he may still catch passes at a tight end. So if you're looking for a guy to be your backup, how does four points, five points, six points help you? when you're on a playoff push to win the league, a league winner is a guy who's going to perform over and above expectations and the ceiling for Taysom Hill versus other people that are in his, in his position are just not as high. Like, especially if you don't have that top tight end, like what happens if Jameis Winston goes down in a game and he's still listed as a tight end and you get two quarterbacks. Or oh my God. You're in a oh, super flex. We're going to hear about this next week. Aren't we? <laughs> It's one of those things that you just you don't think about until you're like, oh my gosh, no, tight end. <laughs> oh wait a second, he's throwing passes. Now I've got like a second quarterback, or if I'm in a two quarterback league now, I've got a third quarterback on my team, and he's only taking up my tight end spot. And it was him, or it was Jody Fortson, who I'm trying to like who we love, on. who who we love. But 
you know, or maybe it's like a Robert Tunyon or someone like that, where you're like, I'm really hoping to get four, five, six points. Yeah. And now you got 20 something because that's what like, I had with, I mean, you, know. you guys joke about it. Dexter McCluster, big fan. <laughs> he was listed. He was listed as, I think they had him as a running back. Like an RB six. They no, like just how they, yeah, exactly on one team. They had him listed, I can't remember, for the longest time. It was either a, a running back or wide receiver, but he wasn't in the proper position. So I think I think they had him listed as a wide receiver, so you could you could flex him either way. And those kind of guys, like, again, whether they're semi-decent, I guess Tavon Austin would be another great, uh, another great option. But for Taysom Hill, when you actually add the quarterback aspect, which, I mean, we joke about it, but yeah, if he's legit, now you're getting some you're getting some easy money and if you're not in a super super flex where you have two quarterbacks you got a tight end that all of a sudden starts throwing passes you know those are points those are freebies you're yeah. playing with house money at that point so love it good pick see ted that's you always you always make sure you you bring it up and we finish on a strong strong note so you guys this has been an awesome week 1 recap overreactions injuries and russ got got feels good Russell Wilson on the bench when it matters the most. Ah, that's that's good, right. good, good. That's good times. Uh, you guys make sure to follow that helps no one fantasy cast on Twitter. We've got a, a YouTube page as well. You can go follow all of us as you can see our, our tags on our screen here. If you guys want to comment along, please come by every single week. We will be doing this every Tuesday. We're going to have amazing content for you. Go check out our trailer episode, which is only, or I guess it's just a trailer. It's pretty funny. It's good stuff. Some of my best <laughs> editing work, I must say. It's it's good. Uh, but you know what? Good luck this week in whoever you're taking on your waiver wires, and hopefully we have some amazing stories to talk about next week. I know we will because I have a pretty terrible team, so at least we'll be able to joke about somebody. And, hey, maybe if Chris knows the time, we're going to be starting, even though I'm pretty sure he's the one that set the time for tonight. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe next week, Tuesday, mm -hmm. around this exact same time that we'll have four people on the show instead of uh, an odd number three. So on behalf of Steve, Ted, I am Ryan. This is That Helps No One Fantasy Cast on the Dean Blundell Network. Go check out the new podcast so you can listen to it on your drive to work tomorrow or when you're sitting at your desk, bored out of your tree, or hey, maybe you're a teacher and you just want to tune up the kids in your class. Take it easy. Do it. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. 
This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.